Hey, everybody, Kendra Lust and Julian Marquez here with another episode of Beauty and the Beast podcast. And today we are going to have a very well-known adult industry performer. However, this week it's going to be a male, and his name is Kieran Lee. He's a director, producer, he's an award-winning actor, and he's a dad, and he is full of all kinds of things. Um, he's done 3,500 scenes plus, and we're going to be talking to him today. So how do you guys feel about that? Julian, when I uh, told you that Kieran was going to be on, did you know who he was? Or I, I didn't know who he was. I, I, I mean, I don't know guys' names when it's in the porn industry just because, you know, I'm not uh, searching the guys up too much. Right. So. I definitely had to go do some research. I went to the Wikipedia page. Um, I looked at some of the films that he was on, and uh, which I was like, oh, shit, he's in Kill Bill. And then I realized, oh, that's not the right Kill Bill. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, no, no, I definitely looked at that, and I was just kind of, like, shocked. It's like 3,500 scenes. That's And I think he had, like, a 1,000. He had a 1,000 or 1,500 with... Um, Brazzers, but that is that's insane. Think of that that's like ten years every single day. Yeah, you know? I mean, he's directed, he's produced, he's yeah, he's all over the place. So yeah. I've known him for a long time, and um, he's definitely professional. One of the best. Uh, he's known not only for just being a great performer, however, he's the biggest prankster. So never leave your phone. Uh, open because he will hijack your phone. He will hijack your phone. Oh man, you're gonna like see some crazy, some crazy like video footage of him in the bathroom joking around with on your phone. You're like, oh, what the hell is this? You have no idea. I mean, he's really he's done some things to the wrong people, and uh, well, maybe he thought they had more of a personality, and they were so pissed. But it's funny. So, um, how long is it? How long have you known him for? I've known him since I entered the industry, so since 2012. So it's it's been a while. Did you ever like uh, go into like the UK to do the performance? I know he lives in, I think he lives in California, but he's from uh, the UK. Did you ever ever go to the UK to like see him perform or perform with him or anything like that? No, I haven't. You know, I think he's done. I know he's done his fair share over in the UK, but most of the stuff is here. So, yeah, well, not here in Michigan, but usually in Vegas or LA. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so he'll be joining us shortly. So I'm curious. And I think, you know, um, we have a lot of male listeners. So we will see. I mean, and two, like, I'm sure you have some questions you want to ask him. So I am curious to hear. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely, I'm definitely loaded with a bunch of just random questions that probably make no sense whatsoever. But they're intriguing. Just like, oh, I want to know this. I want to know that. I want to know your take. It's kind of interesting, like when we spoke with Lena Paul, and, I, and I'm always going to revert back to her because yeah. she was very open. But when we spoke to her on the previous episodes, you can ask her questions and she would explain in like the woman's perspective of how she felt and how she was able to get that emotional literacy um, in connection with one another. And I wonder what the same is for the male, you know, like I wonder how he's able to connect with that. I mean, 3,500, you know, different scenes is going to be very difficult to create a, some sort of um, connection. Like that's crazy. How many, do you know how many scenes you've done? You know, that's a good question. I have absolutely no clue. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, nowhere near that for sure. But yeah, that's that's a lot. He started, I think, I want to say 2006 around that time. And um, yeah, we'll we'll let him tell the rest of his story. But he is definitely outperformed me. That's for sure. I'm with it. I'm with it. But until we get him on there, I have some questions I need to ask you. All right. Okay. What what uh what happened on Memorial Day weekend? What was going on with you? What do you mean? Like, what'd you end up doing? Oh God, I have to remember Memorial Day. Oh yeah, we just um we went over to some friend's house and just kind of hung out, and I mean we didn't really do anything. Okay, I just got a message. All right, so he got it. You guys didn't do anything at all. That's bullshit. You guys are always you guys are either partying with college students. Yeah. Sliding in DMs. Come on. Give me the excitement. Give me the details. It's, it's, a, it's a holiday weekend. We really kind of relaxed. This, I mean, we hung out with some friends. We barbecued. Like, it was just kind of low-key. I mean, I felt like we had something going on. Well, now, we went to, like, two different barbecues. Like, it was nothing, like, super crazy. We got invited to this 40-person. Um, like, there's 40 people going on this cruise. And... Um, it's not until February, so I mean, we'll see. I'm not a big cruise person. Well, I shouldn't say that because I've never been on one, but I don't like the idea of being stuck on a boat, okay, or a ship with having to, like, okay, we um, go to the port and then be back on the ship. I just, I don't like people dictating my vacation, so I don't know, but the people that are going are really fun, so I don't know. I might take the plunge, but Professor X, I don't think it's having it. Uh, that's uh that sounds kind of like a big old swinger party 40 people yeah, going no, to mean, a cruise 40 people in the group 40 so. people in the group who do you know who what 40 people do you know that you want to hang out with for four or yeah. five days on a locked in cruise like yeah no none like I, not 40 people I, I, there's just no way like i would have a hard time well not it just has to be like a smaller group of people that i'm really cool with yeah, yeah, not 40 people. And that's, I don't know that well. So. I, I've been on a cruise before, and it's actually pretty fun. I won't lie. But the thing is, is that with our cruise, I was with family. You know, we always hung out with each other throughout the day. But it was a small, tight group. Where there was many, like, different activities you could do from shows, dinners, to pool parties, up to um you know, like the, I guess like on top of the deck, they had some sort of like surfboard deal and rock climbing, um, activity. Those were fun, but 40 people that I didn't know, I wouldn't, Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't get on a cruise ship. I mean, I, I'd rather spend the money going somewhere else. I don't need to be in the water being land or being locked in a boat to have fun. You know, I want to run around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. And like I said, I don't know those people <laughs> too many, like, of them that that well so and i'm sure it's huge and we wouldn't all be hanging out at the same time like people would do whatever they want to do but i'm okay like, i want to take my vacation i don't want to just kind of like invite i want to have some sort of idea of what, what we're doing so speaking of vacation you're leaving at the end of this month right where are you going you're going to vegas and uh shooting some content i have um a few ladies and a few guys um, lined up 
And yeah, it should be a good time. Who are we lined up? Let's let's hear what you got on the lineup. Let's hear it. Knock them all down. Look at my schedule now. So um, I might actually be going to um, Michaela's fight prior to. So we'll see how that's going to go. Michaela. Mayor. Yep. Okay. Michaela Mayor's fight. Is he going to be in Vegas? It is. Yeah, it's in Vegas. So I am super excited. I mean, about that, if that happens. Um, I'm just looking at so yes, yeah, so that's the 19th. I think I feel like that's yeah, this Father's Day, and then I fly out the night of the 20th. I might change my flight around. That's fair enough. Let's uh, let's hear your lineup. Let's hear your Vegas lineup. Let's let's hear your matchup. We need to start putting out whenever you have like upcoming scenes. We need to put them out like if they're fighting. You know, just like you and said person, you and said person in the main event. Like uh, like the the picture at the very top, like Mortal Kombat style, so where like people could get super hyped up, like oh man, I want to see this. This okay. would be awesome. I have the list. <laughs> it's the list. Okay, so this is a huge throwback, and um, you probably won't know who she is. And I knew who she was only because it was like one of Professor X's favorites from back in the day. Um, Savannah Samson, but she's a very beautiful woman. Um, so we're going to be doing um, a little, having a little fun, and then Johnny Sins. So we'll do one together, and then one with him. And then we, I have Alexis uh, Fox and um, Prince together. Oh, you with Prince? Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Prince. Previous, you talked to him on here. He wanted to be on the show as well, which yeah, you definitely yeah. need to put him on. Yeah, he's pretty cool. He, I mean, he's really cool, actually. So, um, uh, so he's on the schedule. I just, how come I didn't see him on the schedule? And then I have a, a girl, girl with Madison Ivy. She doesn't do boy girl. Um, Lena Paul and Johnny Finn. and then Joanna Ng, Angel, and Small Wow, that's a that's a huge lineup. So you, you, so you're with Johnny Sins twice. With yeah, Alexis yeah. Fox, which is that's, that's going to be an interesting combination yeah. right there. It'll and then you got Lena Paul, Johnny Sins. You're yeah, with yeah. Prince. Um, why is it that I know? I'm trying to sit here and think. Why do I know Alexis Fox? What is Alexis Fox from? What is Alexis Fox? She's from Florida. Gigantic, gigantic. like, like melon, melon, on a tiny little, little body. body. She's. I don't want to say she stays, stays in Vegas, Vegas though. Uh, maybe I might have ran into her out there. I don't know. I just know that name. And then, yeah. so you're doing this. You're you're there for what three days, and you're gonna bust these scenes out in three oh, no. days. I'm there for five. Oh, you're there for five days. And so then, like, are you doing individual one and then all together? Yeah. So it'll be like a girl, girl, which is pretty easy. And then like a boy, girl, and then girl, girl, boy, girl, and then the day I'll have like a day off, which I'll just do girl, girl, and then girl, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl, girl. Oh wow! And this is all for OnlyFans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Madison Ivy. Madison Ivy is one of like the most popular uh, adult film stars that. Yeah. I know when you do look up there. And how long have you two known each other? Oh gosh, I remember her. Like she's been around for a long time too. So um, she just started like really young, I believe. So um, gosh, I don't know her. Know her like personally, we met before, but we've never worked together. So people have been requesting. Like, oh, yeah, that would be cool. 
So this is your first time working with Madison Ivy. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's She's cool. Yeah. So. And how does that work out? Do you just send them a message on Instagram? Do you guys have an app? Because you're saying right now, like he hasn't put it on the schedule, things like that. I don't know if you have like an app that you guys all use. Yeah. No. I we just kind of make our own schedule. Like I say, I want to shoot. Here are the list of people that I want to shoot with or have reached out to me. Like a lot of times people say, oh, I want to shoot with you or vice versa. And then I just go my production person and then they, I send the contact info and then they kind of arrange a schedule. I'll say I want to do this type of scene, this, this, don't do this on this day. So I just kind of let them know what I want to do and they put it together. It's really easy. Oh, that's simple. So that they, they're the ones that manage everything for you and put it all together. And then yeah. you create this entire, you know, artwork for fans and everyone to see yeah i love it like i love just i love my team um that just helps me organize all of that that's like the i don't want to say the work part but like that's the boring work part of it like all the logistics okay we have to secure like this location for this or this type of thing the good thing about this shoot or these shoots we're going to rent like a big house and then we'll do like a pool thing and we're going to just mix it up so, okay. so you rent, you're going to rent like a, a mansion style house or yeah. like a giant and it will, it just, you just use it for then just for one day or do you rent the whole week? Do you stay there or do you stay in a hotel? Like, how does that work? Cause I'm thinking, I thought you would be more like you rent a penthouse and then you have them come into the penthouse. You do that and you shoot the yeah. film there, but yeah, well, which we absolutely can. And that's always fun, but I get tired of just the same location. You know, it's like, even though if it's a different hotel, it's just like a eh, hotel. You know, you don't have many options. So we can't do like a kitchen. Well, I guess you could. But it's just, I don't know. I like the idea of a house to shoot in. You know, it just seems like more real. There's a real bedroom. And, you know, if you want to cut the scene where you want to, you know, peek around the corner or, you know, a cool shower scene, that type of thing. Do you have to notify, do you have to notify the people that you're renting their house from what it's for? <laughs> Not necessarily, but I think they're used to it. Uh-oh. I see him. Oh, he finally made it. Mate. He's so sneaky. Okay. Let me know. Okay. Well, we'll talk more about that. But, yeah, I'm not going to stay at the house where I'm shooting at. I'm going to be staying at, at a hotel. I booked a really nice suite. So Obviously, I don't want you telling us the house that you're staying. I don't want a bunch of weird people trying to show up in Vegas. That's okay. All right, so, All right, let, so let's add, add on the one and only, only the man with the insured, insured penis, penis, $1 million. million. We'll talk about that, too. <laughs> Kieran Lee. It's had, it's, it's, had, it's had some wear and tear on it over the years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for coming to hang out with us, Kieran. How are you this glorious morning? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys? No complaints. That's on top of the world over here. Yeah. We were just talking about we were just talking about um, the different sets that you know Kendra uses and going into Vegas. Um, how she doesn't like really staying in a hotel doing her next shoot, so they're renting out houses and different stuff. Hotels are a nightmare. Yeah, especially if, if, if let's say the scene's rather energetic, you can be getting knocking on the door from staff and and stuff like that so yeah and then a lot of the time you always find like hotel staff recognize you and so they know what's going on straight away 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, but the thing is, like, would you be open, if you didn't know and you're not in the industry, would you be open to know that you're renting your house out to, you know, for porn shoots or would yeah. you be shocked? No, so obviously over here in LA, um, there was the pandemic and that there was a lot of people that nearly lost their houses. Like, I can tell you this, a couple that I, I rent a house from, I've rented it nine times this month. That's their mortgage paid for. Do you know what I mean? And, and they don't work. That's what they rely on. They rely on the the twenty odd scenes a month to pay their mortgage. So when the pandemic hit, they were struggling big time. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So then you guys help them out doing the scenes, and that's what you do. You're you're a uh, a director as well. Correct. Yeah. 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 And he's a very good director because uh, if he can direct me with dialogue. Okay, Jesus Christ. I'm like, I'm going to get it. I'm going to do it, you know? So he has a lot of patience, and he, he always has a way of keeping it fun, making the girl feel beautiful, um, and then still managing to, like, keep this together. He's directing, performing, you know? So he wears a lot of hats, and he's really good at it. And, oh, you um, do it. You're doing it all. I thought you would you direct. You do yeah, it, directing, performing, and hyping everyone up. No, no. So I have a great team behind me, so... I'll do all the, the production before, and then on set, I know the shots that we need, so I'll tell the guys, I need this, this, and that. But then when it comes to the actual performing part, I switch off, and I go into, like, full Q and remote, and I think about me Willie more than anything, and then we're good to go. Yeah. But, I mean, it's incredible just to kind of see him moving all over, you know, um, and he does such a great job. So, so I was so, yeah, it's true though. I was so happy when uh, we got to work together the first time, and it's always a good experience. Even if I, well, we won't talk about that. Though. The first time. Oh no! Wait. No, we won't talk. No, no we won't talk about no. that one. But the the first time, let's put it this way: I've done six and a half thousand scenes, and Miss Kendra Lust made me become oh. an amateur for the day. Are you kidding? No, I'm sorry, guys. Look, this is one thing we can we can either tell it now or we can have a part two. But the thing is, you can't leave a cliffhanger like oh, that. I can, I can tell it. I don't mind. So, Miss Kendra, a beautiful lady, comes to set. So much energy, an amazing performer. I'm so a so-called veteran at the time, and I'm yeah, easy day at the office. Start doing the scene, two, three positions in. I'm getting to the last position. They're still saying, yeah, we need a bat another five, ten more minutes. I'm like, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, I'm like, uh-uh, the volcano's about to blow. Shit, what do I do? I was like, I just have to go. <laughs> so, bosh, yeah. I shot my gravy, and uh, and then I had to have like a five-minute breather and then back in the game. Five-minute breather. Is that very, so is that difficult right there to be able to perform, then have to go and finish and come back in to come back with the same energy? Is that really tough or...? Yeah, it can be, it, but it all depends on your co-star. If, you, if you're working with someone like Kendra, it's easy. It, it's not even work. But let's say some girls are not so easy, they're quite difficult, and then you're like, oh, okay, you really have to get into a different mindset and think of different things and, and get going. What, what gets you into that mindset? Like, How do you get in that mindset with like a, a, a really rough co-star? And I was saying you've – I had plenty of uh, oh, practice, let's say. Yeah, um, a mirror. <laughs> 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 um, no, um, 
I literally, I'll start watching like old scenes or I'll start visualizing other stuff or if it's a girl that she can't quite difficult, but she might be really attractive, I'll focus something that's really pretty on her. Like it might be her eyes, her smile, her boobs, her bum. She might smell nice. So I'll have to really focus on something like that to get through um, and just ignore the attitude. Man, that's insane. That's definitely a mental game right there. I never, we haven't really spoke to anybody about the mental side, uh, being in the performance, and that sounds very difficult, especially if you're dealing with someone that you don't have a connection with. Um, we we were talking about this previously, but we had Lena Paul on, and she said yeah. that she has to have an emotional literacy towards the person that they're having. You know, she's having a scene so she can feel it, so she can sell it, so she can mm. just, you can feel that passion. Now, you're saying the same exact thing. You have to have that type of eye contact, that type of just energy transfer from just back and forth of just the, the moment. Yeah, it can be. But then again, I, I was kind of trained a little different because obviously I started my career in Europe. And you do a lot of scenes in like Prague and Budapest. And there was no, no dialogue between you because I couldn't understand Hungarian and they couldn't understand English uh, properly. And so some of these girls, I'll be really honest, they didn't really want to be there. They were just doing it slowly, purely for the money. And so they were very cold. So you'd learn from a young age to go, okay, well, I have no emotional attachment there with them. It's pure physical. So you have to concentrate on something mainly physical than emotional. Like some of my teams, I can't. I could I can work with a girl and, she, and this might sound wrong, but she might not be the prettiest girl, but her personality is unbelievable and the scene will be out of this world. You can put me with one of the hottest girls and she might have a personality that sucks and it's like this is hard work. But to the outside world, everybody's going, Wow, you got to have sex with such and such and you're thinking, Yeah, if only you knew. If only you knew. Can yeah. you have those same exact scenes, right? Yeah, yeah. I do. But I love that, like, your questions that you're asking, Julian, because, you know, just like I ask questions about UFC, and I don't know a ton like you do, like, you're asking the questions that I think a lot of our listeners want to know about. Most of our listeners are men, and they want to know, like, what is it like to have sex with so-and-so, or what is it on set, or how do you... You know, so all your questions, I'm kind of just letting you flow, and this is good. Just let me, just let me ask questions. Yeah. Just, just ask away. I'm, all, I'm all in it. All right, let's let's go through the beginning. Let's start this up because I was looking up your your background, your life, and everything like that. I wasn't looking at the scenes because you, you you've done so many that it would take hours and months and years to figure <laughs> out and go through all that. But uh, it said that you started out. By posting your, you start out at eighteen by posting your your photo on like a swinger app or a yeah, swinger so, website. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I didn't even post it. Um, so in England, you guy, you get a group of guys that will always go away on like a vacation. So it's like going to Vegas for spring break. So you'll go to Ibiza, uh, Mykonos, you'll go Ayanapa, all these places. So we've gone to Malia. It's like a party island, and we've gone. I was 17 at the time. I rip roaring drunk. I was always a bit of life and soul with the party. Anyway, I ended up taking a young lady back that night and having sex with her. All my friends piled in the room afterwards, took a picture. I'm bollock naked, hands in the air, you know, 
dick swinging everything. And, uh, yeah, and they've kept this picture. Next thing you know, they've put it on a swingers website. And I was like, like I said, 17 and a half, nearly 18 at the time. And all of a sudden, I'm getting all these emails from couples saying, hey, look, do you want to come in and have sex with my wife? I'm not being funny. All them years ago, I didn't have a clue what swinging was. I'm going, what? This is, this is a bit weird for me. And um, anyway, a lot of the women that they were sending for weren't that attractive and that. And all of a sudden, I get this email from a couple down the road in Leicester. This is our old school, open the attachment, waiting for a dial-up to connect. And then it was, uh, pop, wow, this absolutely stunning Indian lady. And I'm going, now. Ah, this has got to be a fake. And this is like a fake, you know, trap or something like that. But I said, oh, if you genuine, I'll meet you at this car park, like near where I live. And yeah, I'll, I'll do the scene. Still thought it was a joke. So I chucked on me sweatpants. I've come for a run. And I've got to this car park and I can see this car that they, they said that they were in. I was like, okay. So I popped my head in and there we go. Hello, mate, are you uh, Kieran? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, um, I'm Will and this is Anjali. I'm like, holy mo, okay, this is genuine. I've got to do this now. And so I've just jumped in the back of this car. I didn't have a clue. I'm in the, in the back of a car with this absolutely stunning lady. And then I go, well, what do I do? <laughs> he goes, well, can you get your dick off? <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> well, here you go. And uh, put a condom on and jobs went away and, and did like the scene. I said, when do you need me to come? He goes, well, whenever. I was like, we've got enough footage and whipped it off. Again, shot me load and there we go. He goes, oh, that's brilliant. Can you come back next week? We've got like a load of milfs that, you know, are shooting content for their side. I was in... In, in the dream, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm like an 18 year old lad having sex with all these moves. You know, it's like something out of American Pie. And like, what, what was this around that time? Like, they were paying you, obviously, to do no, this. No, the first scene I did, I did it for free. Pro bono, baby. Yeah, did it for free. And um, and then, because I was, I was in full time employment, I was working for the railway in, the, in England. And um, then they came back, and then they started paying me like, 150 pounds which would have been like it's nothing and so i've gone yeah 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 sure and i just i took it as like a bit of pocket change because back then at that age you don't realize the implications that it'll have on your life like being on the world wide web and you follow it naked there's, there's implications to it and uh i didn't even think about that at the time i'm just thinking i'm having sex with hot women getting paid i'm living the dream everyone's and, dream yeah and um the company, they basically started out as like a, a husband and wife like website, but they got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then they basically moved into a studio and they were called Kilogram. And they offered me a chance to join them full time. I wasn't happy in my, my full time job at the railway. So I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm off. I'm going to go do this. And uh, I joined Kilogram. I was with them for three and a half, nearly four years and shooting two scenes a day Monday to Friday. So 10, 10 scenes a week. That's insane. Wow. Yeah. That is, that's a I lot. Know. Yeah, a lot. Everyone's eyes are like, all the guys are like doing the math like over the years right now. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's yeah. nearly 40, like 40 odd scenes a month. That's insane. So you literally took a gamble and your life was decided to you off of a, a, a one night party with your boys. Yeah. 
you know, and, and you took a gamble by jumping into the backseat of a, a random stranger's car. Yeah. I wouldn't suggest it to anybody else. Uh, the, and then yeah. what year was this? Was it 2006, 2005? Something like that, yeah. Two, I've been in nearly 18, yeah, I'm 38 now. So, yeah, nearly 20-odd years ago. Man, that's insane. So you you jumped in the backseat of a car. It ended up becoming the next thing that you ever know. Did you ever imagine at that point in time it was going to be – you were going to be what you are today, become no. this like you're, – you're not going to be sitting there doing the same typical like railway no. work, yeah. working nine to five? No, but, not at all. I, it, was, it was only till I came to America that I realized, whoa, hang on a minute. My life's changed in a big way because – I was with Kilogram and then I decided to leave them and because I was doing quite well for myself, I decided to go freelance. And when I went freelance, that's when I started working all over Europe in Prague, in Budapest, uh, Italy, Spain, Holland, all over. Went all over the Europe filming. And I was like, okay, I still kind of treated it not like a hobby, but I was like, I'm not going to do this for the rest of my life. Um, and then I came to America Again, by mistake, really, I came for a friend's wedding and I knew a few of the American girls that had been over to the UK to film. And they asked me and said, oh, why don't you shoot for this company called Brazzers? And I thought, I've never heard of them. I said, I've just finished. I've done 44 scenes that month. I'm coming for a vacation. And that was it. I came for a vacation. They, Brazzers offered me a scene. I turned it down. And I said, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm good for the minute. I, again, I just want to have some time to relax. Um, and my friend had just got married, so I was playing the third wheel. And I was like, ah, you know what, I'll do a scene while I'm here. And I ended up shooting a scene for Bradford. And I shot with a lady called Misty Vonage. I still remember the, the scene. And they said, oh, you broke your leg, so you've got to stay in character. So I'm going, okay, broke my leg in character. So I did the whole scene on one leg. And then they've come to me afterwards, went, that was amazing, great scene. But why did you stay? Why did you hop on one leg? I said, well, you told me to stay in character. I, I broke my leg, haven't I? I said, I can't just put my leg down in the middle of the scene. Like, yeah, true. But yeah, you can put your leg down. And that was it. And I ended up shooting for them the whole week. And I flew back to England. I went and I flew from England to Russia. I was filming in Russia, St. Petersburg. And then Brazzers offered me a contract. And 15 years, 15 years ago, that was. Holy shit. Yeah. You've traveled the world. You've, you know, got job after job. You built an entire empire. You're doing every man's dream. You're living literally the golden life of what every 18-year-old kid would imagine. Yeah. The real question is, what's the biggest struggle? You know, like, what's your struggle when it comes to that? The biggest struggle for me is being accepted in the big wide world. Because no matter what you do everybody will always look at you as a dirty pornographer. Mm -hmm. That's your biggest, biggest, like, downfall. Um, like, I've, I've had it times where, you know, probably, I've got children now, I've got three children, and I'm very protective of, like, who they, they hang around with because I don't want them being judged on what I do. You know, I have Kieran Lee, the adult performer, then I'm also a father away from that. And, you know, it's totally different. My life is totally different. You know, people probably think, oh, you're, you're a porn star. You're, you're partying, you're doing drugs, you're having mad orgies at the weekend. It's anything but. I, my, my weekend this weekend is going to watch my son play soccer. 
He is really good too, by the yeah. way. Just and that's his, yeah. He, and he's all are adorable. Like, like they should be. I'm just throwing my teeth in the next. The like picture perfect. You know, like that family, like we see on cards and things like that. Beautiful wife, beautiful children. Yeah, the, yeah. The, but that, that's the thing, and that's that's one of my big struggle. Like one a thing that really hit home to me was maybe what it was about eight nine years ago. So I have a lot of friends that are in, in the soccer industry, uh, the soccer players and things like that. And I got approached, my mum's a nurse back home, and I got approached by one of the nurses and said, look, we've got a little boy, he's not very well. Um, he wants to go to watch this football game, but, you know, there's no tickets, it's sold out and everything. I was like, and it's away from home at the end of the ground. I said, look, let me see what I can do. So I managed to get him a ticket, and then they went, oh, no, it needs to be in one of you know the executive boxes because he, he has to have a, like an oxygen tank with it. Oh. And so I managed to sort it, and I stayed up all night till like 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, managed to secure them a ticket in, a, in an executive box and everything. And afterwards, I got an email, and they said, look, thanks for everything that you did, but... We prefer, you know, we don't need to post anything or anything because we don't want to be associated with your, your kind. And that was like, well, that kind of really hit home. And I was like, hang on a minute. And, and like, God rest his soul, the little lad died, like, you know, four or five months later. But it, it was kind of sad, you know what I mean? And it's like, well, they just didn't want to be associated with you just because you're working with the adult entertainment. Mm-hmm. But they didn't mind reaping the benefits of the people that you've known through the digital industry, and it's a little sad that people judge you like that because at the end of the stores are still human. Mm-hmm. See, we have we have similar um, similar lifestyles, but in just different spectrums. Because you have people judge you based upon you know your profession, as likewise as mine. Yeah, you know, I fight people for a living, so whenever people think about me. They generally judge and post things about, you know, 2008, 2009, just like bar drinkers, you know, brawlers, just they start fights or high school assholes, things like that. They don't realize like a lot of us are educated. A lot of us um, aren't like the typical fighting style. But I believe as time has been progressing, you know, with the media, like same thing is for you guys, like OnlyFans. I believe it's starting to become more socially acceptable and becoming a legit profession. To where, if you're just like, oh, you're like, you're a fighter, it's like you're no different than an NBA star. Oh, you're a porn star. Oh, you're an OnlyFans. That's amazing. Like, yeah. how did you get into that? And then you encourage others. I think it's starting to, like, the, the shift is changing. As versus like in the nineties. It'd be nice. It'd be nice. I still think, like, obviously, with a UFC fight. I would think you guys are dedicated to your profession. You have to train, eat, like, you're not going out on a Friday, Saturday night, drinking, and, in fact, because getting injured costs you a lot of money, I'm sure. Um, I just think it's mainly the perception of, you know, people in the outside world, they think porn is dirty. No matter how, you know, people think it's dirty. No matter what they think, there's a stigma attached to it. It's like, you know... Oh, I don't want you hanging around. I don't want you near my children. You do porn. I, I wonder if you're going to molest them or something like that. It's that's the kind of you know the, the vibes that you get from people. So I always keep it really quiet. And people ask me, "Oh, what do you do?" I, I just work on the internet. I, I do web web design and things like that. If, if it's someone that I don't know and I don't trust, 
And I shouldn't really have to feel like that about my profession. Because look, I'm proud of what I've achieved. Um, but it's just then you also, you go into like pop bear mode and you want to be protective of your children. So you don't want to let too much out. So they don't get judged, you know. So for example, my, my little boy can make friends with this lad and they could have a great friendship. But all of a sudden, that mom and dad find out what you do and they don't want you hanging around your children. Yeah. How do you, how do you explain it to your, your boy? Oh, sorry. Little Tommy, you can't play with little Tommy at the minute because his mum and dad doesn't like what mum and daddy do for a living. Uh, and, I know. Yeah. That, that hurts. And it's so crazy. Yeah. Like as you're telling this story, it kind of, it hits home, you know, and it does, it's hard because at the end of the day, you know, we worry about our, our children more than ourselves. I think we're just, yeah. we didn't have kids. We wouldn't care, right? Yeah. But it's bigger than us. But why do you think why do you think people have this perception cuz like I don't know why and I don't know is it the way that I was raised like I don't I guess I don't I never looked at like Kendra when I first met her I never looked at her any different than I looked at anybody else and like same thing with you like I don't see a problem with it and it's it's crazy to hear this story that people like still you know convict you of like some sort of crazy ass crime when you've done nothing but yeah. entertain I think it's probably because you're out there, you're putting your whole body out there, naked, in an intimate way. And people are like, oh, how can you do that? Because a lot of people think intimately, you know, it's got to be between just two people and and that's it. Where, you know, obviously, we have sex with strangers. I know that sounds crazy, but it is, but that's how job. It is what it is, and I think people think it's very taboo still, how you can just give yourself to somebody else. But they're not just complete strangers. Like you guys have to go through precautions and through lineups prior to like meeting each other. You're not just meeting some random person off the street doing stuff. Doing no, not some random street. But it, when I say strangers, is you know, look. When I first met Kendra, I, I I'd never met her before. I, I you know, it was literally the first time we were having a scene. Was the first time I'd ever met her. And, and, and simple as, you know, so you, in a way you are strangers. I know no background really. I just know, hey, you've got your full STD panel. This is, you know, what we're doing today. And, and that was it. And you kind of get to know people on set yeah. very well. It might be, a, oh, how's things, how's your day and things like that. But I didn't know any of her background. I didn't know she was married. I didn't know things like that. I, I didn't know any of these kind of things. That makes sense. That makes sense. I, that's a, that could be a struggle for sure. And but I just don't. I don't know. Like, when do you think that it's going to be socially acceptable where people are going to be like, "Oh man, that's that's a porn star." Like they they relate you to uh, you know an actor in a regular movie because I mean, you guys are actors. You guys are giving entertainment. You guys are providing a service. To be honest, there's thousands and hundreds of millions of people that literally watch your guys' scenes yeah. to make them help sleep at night, you know? It's very different how they judge a mainstream actor to a porn actor because I think mainstream actor, it's like, well, it's really like starstruck where, like, it's one of my, a couple of my friends are mainstream actors and I, I see the difference. It's like, wow, you know, you did that show and holy moly, where with me, it's like, hey, bro, I saw you put whoever in the air. Yeah. It's completely different. It's like, like I said, for, for me, like I was walking when it was my wife's baby shower and we were in the mall and I had my mum, my mother-in-law, her aunties, cousins and that, and we're walking and a guy literally ran up to us, goes to me, hey bro, I saw you, fuck, 
Shauna Styles in the ass, man. It was so good. I'm thinking, I was mortified. I'm, I'm with my mother-in-law and, and things like that. But, you know, in the, in the, yeah, a mainstream, I was just like, oh, okay, cool, mate. Do you know what I mean? It's like, how do you have the balls to say that to somebody in, in, in you know? It's, it's different, do you know what I mean? If I went running up to Will Smith and go, oh, hey, bro, I saw you in Men in Black, what a great movie, you know, shot that alien. Okay, brilliant. <laughs> It's a little bit different to say, now here, so you fuck such and such in the ass. It's, uh, that is, that's wild. I I wonder where the lack of respect comes from when it comes to that. Like, that, it just sucks to see and to hear that, you know. And I, I see it on the internet. Yeah. Um, I get a lot of DMs of Kendra, um, where people are always like hating on me for being a part of that. I'm I'm sitting there like, dude, this is a fucking amazing person. This is an yeah. amazing person that's actually shown me a lot and educated me on a lot of various different topics. And this person is just hating on them because of they didn't maybe didn't message she didn't message them back she hasn't yeah. interacted with them she's not giving them attention like I, I don't I don't know like they can't figure out a way to get um, some sort of intimacy outside yeah. of social media I think you're fine because because you put everything out there on the internet you're naked you are naked on the internet a lot of people feel like they have the right to know everything about you and they they should get a response when they say like i said you ain't gonna get a response from leonardo dicaprio or kate wins people like that they're not gonna do it do you know what i mean because you're naked and you're out there these guys sometimes feel like hey i i deserve a reply mm -hmm. and you know you've got to realize we're porn stars are uh, normal people too you know it's like me and kendra we, we were on set we're not talking about sex or anything like that we're talking about uh, our children's well-being their future and yeah. you know what we, and i i i picked kendra's brain for like an hour on i need to on, follow up with you about yeah that. yeah and, and, and they're the kind of things that people talk about. we're just normal people that do a very different job it's a very interesting job yeah i mean i don't know people suck but i believe in time that <laughs> I believe in time thing. It's going to be more acceptable. I think as we're going, we just went from MMA where MMA was not acceptable. And then it started varying into, you know, the UFC where it's starting to get acceptable to where now it's one of the biggest sports out there. And then they now have spinoffs where they have bare knuckle, where you don't even have gloves and yeah, you're yeah. beating each other out. And now they're doing bare knuckle MMA where you're literally street fighting. Jorge Masvidal is putting this together and it's a street fight. It's going to be at the deal. It's in a cage, and you're using bare hands. So it's like we're, we're starting to get more and more acceptable and get more risky where I, I believe it's going to start changing for you know the industry because the, I think OnlyFans has changed a lot of people's minds. OnlyFans, yeah. the pandemic, has opened a lot of people's minds to it. Like, there's a lot of people out there that I know prior that many years ago were all like, oh, this, that, and the other, and now they have – their own OnlyFans. I'm like, oh, hey, look how yeah, the tides yeah. have changed, you know. And it's like, and I encourage it. I think it's awesome. So I, I do believe right now. I know it's tough, but I believe I think that you guys have opened the door for a lot of Future younger yeah. generation to start feeling comfortable. And I think that's amazing. You know, like if it was not for you guys, you wouldn't have opened the door for the youngest generation to come through and to have that ability yeah. and also know how to react when it comes to these assholes or yeah. these just disrespectful people, because you guys put your stories out there and it's, it's very educational. And I, I'm dude, I'm happy to, to hear that you guys are still trucking forward and keep going with it and like still living a fucking amazing life. 
Yeah, we're still it, pounding it out. It's, it's for lack of still very, yeah. But that, that's the thing. That's the other thing. Once you're in the industry, it, it's very hard to get out. It what is. do you mean by that? Because listen, let's say I I said I've had enough of doing the industry now. Uh, I want to quit. If I go to get, I've been in it twenty years. If I go to get a job now, who's going to take me on? What What have you been doing for the last twenty years? I've been having sex with women every day of the week. Okay, but what have you really been doing? Um, no, that's been my job. Do you know what I mean? And so, like, look at look at some of the. I could take an example. Um, I think he did an interview not long ago. Randy Spears. He was a actor in the business, really popular actor. Um, he quit the industry, turned to the guard and, and things like that. But he couldn't get a job to save his life, and he's working as a no, just he's working as a fishmonger in a, in a supermarket. You know, he, I can't imagine that was his goal when he, he set out in life. But that's the only job that he could get now to support himself, and because nobody will give him a chance. And this is a very talented guy. You know, he's you know educated and things like that. But it's hard then to integrate back into, you know, the the big wide world. Like, there's so many restrictions. Like, for example, with me, I remember I was with Chase Bank. Um, for many, many years. And all of a sudden, I got a letter saying, hey, you need to close your bank account. Right. No, no explanation at all. Would not give me an explanation. Um, and then I spoke to one of the like the regional guys. I built up a good relationship with them. I was in there all the time. And then they said, look, I'll be, I'll be honest, they're closing your account down because you're in the entertainment industry. So they closed your like for pornographic actors, uh, strippers, and people like that. They closed your bank account down. Yeah, we're high risk. Hi, yeah. How the fuck does that mean? That's bank crazy. Bank of America yeah. endorses us. I like Bank of America. Yeah, Bank of America. Good. Wells Fargo are good. To be yeah. fair. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. So a bank shut you down because of your, you know, yeah. a job I've title. It, I've had it twice. One, one with uh, a bank in. America Chase and then the HSBC in the UK closed my account. They, they allowed me to set up like a, a premium account and set over a load of money. And then maybe two, three months later, I, I must have done an article in the UK and someone, I don't know, they must have reported it or it flagged in some kind of system. And the next thing you know, you had, I had, I think it was two weeks to withdraw my funds and put them back in somewhere else. And it's like, okay. So, but they they had to pay for that. You didn't have to pay to get it withdrawn, did you? No, I had to pay. So they just say, if not, your your account will be frozen. Your account will be frozen, so you wouldn't have access to your money. And then you have to go through a whole rigmarole of trying to get your money back. And what a bunch of scumbags! That's why we don't. That's why we don't like the banks. That's why cryptocurrency is taking. I'm loving crypto. Yeah, 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 for sure. (laughs) Yeah, you're pretty big into that. Yeah, I like all the crypto. You know, I have a great movie for you. Look, I got something for you if you ever wanted to get out. And I think, I don't know if you thought of it. Now, I think you should do a video or a movie, like a legit movie of an actor or a porn star, a successful porn star, male or female, that is building their career up, becoming one of the greatest things in the world, greatest, you know, role models. Everyone loves her. Everyone knows them. And then they're trying to get out and the struggles of them trying to get out. That would be... I, I think they, they did a show actually in the UK similar to that. And it was about them trying to integrate back into the world. And, and in the end, obviously, they still portray it in a bad light where 
they tried to get out, they couldn't, they ended up falling back into it. And then the next thing you know, they, the girl falls into prostitution, drugs, and that. that's, that's the image a lot of people. Yeah, well, that's because you gave them a, a shitty, you know, oh, a no, shitty no, movie. So if you did the movie, if you did the movie, you would do it a lot better and you would actually oh, yeah. show the struggle because you're telling us about um, the one that did the fish market and you still can, you can do it based upon his life where it shows that. And then it just shows like this is the struggle and it's because of what you guys pick and, and pull because of, you know, no, there's no like reason. There's no reason. You just, you just don't accept it because you want it. I don't, I don't get it. Well, the thing is, too, if you are not the top 10%, okay, so say Kieran, you or I wanted to get out, okay, we could, right? We, yeah. Like, we've kind of set up finances, you know, accordingly, but our life is a lot more comfortable, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. However, we could, but I mean, if you're not really, and I think about this, too, a lot, or at least, you know, more so when I had my agency with a lot of the girls. They did not have the financial means or maybe the support to get out, you know. So they or they stay in for six months and then they get out, you know. So it it is difficult. Um, there's a damn point to my story. <laughs> no, is there is there a way where you guys can put that up, like where you can teach people how to like save financial planning or anything like that? Okay, you cannot. I can't even talk about this because I don't want to sound negative. You cannot tell yeah. anyone anything. I hate to say it, but it's the good old listen. Yeah, it's, you can lead a horse to water. That old, that, that old cliche is there. It, like for me, I'm not one of them. I don't go buy it. I have a, I have a nice car. That's it. Everything else I save for my kids. I don't go buying Louis Vuitton this and like things like that. I'm quite content. Just I'm, I'm a regular fella. Do you know what I mean? It's like I don't go eating at fancy restaurants all the time and that. All my friends are bricklayers, joiners, electricians, work proper working men. And I go home. I go sit in like a, a local dive bar with them and then go for a curry or a pizza or go watch the soccer. That's my life. I love the simple things in life. But what you find is sometimes with I'd say especially girls. I won't say the guys as much, but all of a sudden, if a girl starts getting a lot of attention and she starts getting a lot of bookings, she's making a lot of money straight away. Yeah. You know, and the temptation is there. Oh, I want to go get that Louis Vuitton bag. I want to go get a Chanel purse. I want, you know, heels and, and things like that. And, okay, bow cuts. And, and all of a sudden, a lot of their money is swallowed up. And it's like, well, you know, where is it? Start investing early. Right. But, you know, I always think too, and I say that, like if I got into this when I was 20, I would probably be doing the same dumb yeah, crap. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's, you know? it's hard, it's hard to say, especially at the minute now, because some of the girls, especially like the young girls, they blow up rapid. And yeah. all of a sudden, you know, they have having 50 to a hundred thousand dollars dumped on their lap every month, but not, not really working a lot. It's, you know, through their only friends and maybe some production and, and whatever else. And it's like, you know, Riley Reed is a brilliant example. She's yeah. still, still a relatively very young lady, but she is so business savvy and, you know, just bought a, a lovely brand new house and, and she's, she saved the money and she invests it into other, other entities and, and she's making money from them. 
She's a she's a rare example. You, there's a few, you know, she's rare gems. Yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of it too. I think is good support. You know, like some yeah. people who have good support because a lot of these girls do not have that. You know, sometimes it's like their only option, um, or they're led by a boyfriend or a bad agent. I mean, yeah. there's none of those, right? They're all yeah. Perfect. Well, that's that's the other thing. You'll get a lot of leeches. Um, yeah. You'll get a lot of hey, all of a sudden this girl's blowing up, and she might have. We call it in the industry like a suitcase pimp. That's basically the term for it. Is where a what? A suitcase pimp. Suitcase. A suitcase pimp. So basically, he'll drop her suitcase off at set and and let her go and do her job, and then nope, spend the money afterwards. He'll go spend the day chilling and whatever. That's what we kind of call it in the industry. Um, you get a lot of girls that will have that, guys that just, you know, live off the girl. And it, it's quite sad at times. It is really sad to see. I know. I know a couple of those right now. Um, I know a couple of those. And it's like you can't say anything to them yeah. because you just you see how it is. And it's like they're not even in the industry, but they're in the OnlyFans industry. I should yeah, say yeah. that. I guess it's still. It's but still I, the same. It's, you're selling sex and that, but. Yeah, listen, some of these guys are very manipulative and, you know, it's a shame when you see these girls taking advantage of, like, like I said, for me, I'm married, I've got three beautiful kids, we work together as a team, everything that we do, we we do it together, and it's like, help build a better future for our children, laying down foundations, like, they go to college, do whatever they want to do, and it's very rare, like, Kendra, Kendra, I can name Brandy, Francesca Lay, a few people like that, that they're like power couples in the industry and they, they push each other on to achieve better things. Um, and it's like, you can look at Riley now. Riley's settled down. She's got um, a, gen, um, a boyfriend. Well, they're engaged now, aren't they? Yeah, yeah they're engaged. Yeah, they're engaged yeah. and married. Um, you know, that's brilliant for her. I think it, it's amazing. And again, that, that was uh, interesting. When she posted that and the amount of negativity that she received yeah, people don't like people to be happy. Like, what the hell? I mean, not yeah. everyone wants to be married, and that's okay. But yeah. be happy for people. Like, she's people suck. celebrate yeah. life. Like, you know. Anyway, but uh, it is. I guess it, it all comes back to the stigma. I, and I and I think we are moving forward. Uh, I'll agree with you, Julian. However, I think there it's always going to be there as long as there's religion okay right some of these yeah are yeah rooted right so um well that, that's it. that's at the minute the the industry is getting attacked from people like exodus cry and things like that about child pornography right which is ridiculous because in the industry any kind of child it's frowned upon absolutely disgusting um and if you look at like the numbers, like they did like a, like a chart like not long ago, and they like one of the big sites apparently had 118 cases of child pornography on on their website, which you would think 118 is a big number for you know child pornography, and it's like yeah, it's, it shouldn't be there at all. That's the biggest pornographic website in the world had 118 um, cases. But then you compare it to social media like Facebook, huh. uh, Instagram, millions of pages, yep. images, and but it's never talked about. No. Well, Which because is, media. Well, because of the media, yeah. And that's crazy. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can have the biggest 
porn company in the world have 118 cases and it's lit up everywhere from every aspect of the, you know, this is disgusting, this, this porn is disgusting, needs to be shut down. Yeah, hang on a minute. Everybody that's going every day on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, there were million. I think it was like 60 odd million images and videos of child yeah, and it's like and there vid- you mean there's videos on like actual videos on yeah. Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. See, I don't I don't look through Facebook like that, and I don't. That's not one no. of my search engines, and I don't ever see that. But that's crazy. The, the people that do want to find it can find it through these, you know, Facebooks and things like that. Like, look at look at the, one of the big concerns about TikTok. Obviously, children are on TikTok, and you know that's where a lot of pedophiles and things like that were tapping up children how many times do you see like on facebook i don't know if it's as popular over here but in england they would have like sting operations where there would be the i don't know what you call them like pedophile hunters where they would set up a fake profile as a child and they would be talking to grown-ass men and these men would then send in pictures to the girls send me this back and and arranging to meet these girls or boys, I, I, you know, I don't know, at like locations near them. But how easy is that? How, how easy is that access to pedophiles and that? It's through social media. Everybody has it. They had that. Uh, they had a TV show back in like the early two thousands, um, and I can't think of it. But they would do that. They would sit there mm-hmm. and. They would uh they would message them. And, huh? I think it was. It was on Dateline. Yeah, it was. Like, but one of the the head guy, the guy that would put it up, um, I think ended up getting stabbed by one of the guys yeah. because of you know they were they would walk in they would walk into the back of the house and they go in there and they see the kid and this on this is a video of it and they're explaining like what this guy did and the kid's like oh, okay hold up let me go grab this and they'll like run away and then all of a sudden the next thing you know a couple of minutes later. A grown ass man would turn the corner and be like, "Hey, um, what are yeah. you doing here?" And then they'll explain and be like, "Hey, uh, you know, you've been talking to an underage person the whole time." And yeah, they expose then, them live. Yeah, they'll expose them live, and then they'll be like, "Oh, you know, did you say I want to touch your uh, beautiful little penis? Is this you? Yeah. Your username?" Yeah, yeah, that's and that's what they do now. But do you think that was back in the two early two thousands? Yeah. Look at it now. Look, with 2021, how easy access is it for young children to have access to social media? Like, I, you see, ten-year-olds. Like, even I've got a six-and-a-half-year-old asking, "Hey, Dad, what's TikTok?" And going, going nowhere near it, mate. Do you know what I mean? It's it's disgusting. It's yeah. absolutely disgusting. I I didn't. I mean, I didn't know social media was used in that sense, and that's kind of yeah. crazy how it is. Ah, fuck me. That's fine. It is, it is, it's a touchy subject to talk about, but like I said, that's again, we go back to the stigma of porn stars are associated with that kind of world, and it's like, hang on a minute. For me, that's one of the most vile, disgusting worlds you could ever be associated with. Like I said, I'm, I'm a father of three. Why, why are you putting me in that bracket? Listen, if anybody went near my child, I don't care. I, I'd kill him. Simple yeah. that, you know. Yeah. yeah, that's that's even like that jail as well. It doesn't matter what you are. It doesn't matter what you did. If you're a, if you did anything to a child or anything like that, yeah. then in prison they don't yeah. give a shit. Good. You have to be. Crime. Yeah. yeah, and everywhere, and it's it's crazy how they would connect you guys to that, and it, it makes no sense. 
but it just so it might happen because they're connecting porn and the industry. It's on a local website or, a, you know, most visited website that you can find that image. Most people don't sit there. Like, I didn't even know that, the, you know, that there are, you know, well, you think like that you on, think on the first Instagram. Time, yeah, when these guys are busted and that, the first thing that they come out with a lot of the time is, I'm a sex addict. Uh, I'm addicted to sex. So what they do is go, oh, you're a sex addict. I watch a lot of porn. Okay, so now I link porn to child pornography and paedophilia. So it's, it's all in one vicious circle. Just because, listen, there's, there's people, drug addicts, alcoholics, there's people that are addicted to everything. It doesn't mean that, what, do, do the breweries and think, should they be responsible for alcoholics? Should pharmaceutical companies be responsible for drug addicts? No, they're not. So why should sex addicts, you know, be, you know, the porn response be for them? It's, yeah, it's, it's a reflection. It's yeah. a deflection. They want to deflect, you know, yeah. and not take responsibility if they're the victim of a porn hub or whatever. Yeah. And it's all crap. It's bullshit. But I like the analogy you use because I don't think people think of it like that because I didn't even think of it like that, that yeah. they would link that to that. But. Yeah, and that's that's the sad thing. And it's like I said, it's a vicious circle at times. And like I said, we, we all lead totally separate lives to what people see on camera. Yeah, you know, I'm. I'm pretty sure Riley and whoever on doing five man gangbangs on a on a Sunday afternoon. No, she's she's probably waking up, going for breakfast with her, her fiance and having a stroll around the beach or, or shopping or doing menial tasks like cleaning the house or or whatever. But people don't see that side of things, yeah. which is a shame. Okay, so we've. Uh... We kind of got deep, and that's good. No, no that was a deep. Sorry, I was, normally I'm, I'm like the life and soul of the party, and I've gone straight in the deep end, don't I? You know, I like that. I like that because this is the thing. This is the world. What the world needs to see, and this platform is used for that. And that's what I want to do. Is like for us, is like I don't know, man. Everyone always judges you. Everyone always looks at you because that's how they were taught. That's how they're yeah. raised, and that's how the people around them will like point the finger and say that, but. The, everyone's normal i mean i just want people to understand that we're all human we're all we love what we do we do the job we're entertainers we're performers and we're no different than you and i like there are no difference and that's what this is for and i'm so i'm pumped that you actually opened up and you said what you said on there because it's true yeah you know it's true you're opening up the eyes there's going to be thousands of listeners that listen to this and be like damn i never really thought of that Yeah, yeah for sure Okay, so now that we got deep, I want yeah. to kind of, I mean, boy, I want to like keep you on a lot longer, but I know. I'm here all day. I'm here all day. Listen, if I don't, my missus will have me clicking the ass in a minute. So yeah, keep me here all day. Yeah. I'm working. <laughs> okay, so I guess, all right. So we, I had actually some, a few things that I had written, like, okay, we're going to, but we covered a lot of it, just naturally talking. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I would. I always want to ask the guys, like, what was, because I think guys want to know, like, our listeners want to know what the funniest or worst, like, dig on set for you was, like, the biggest nightmare you've ever walked into. And I think you might have shared something because you were working with Danny Mountain. One, maybe that was one of many. But anyway. No, it, well, I think this. Okay, so uh, Manuel, me and Manuel would have a lot of funny stories. Like, me and Manuel, we we went to France and we were filming together in France. And 
we we again yeah. what a brilliant trip we've gone we're, we're in like Cannes, marseille and we're on this beautiful boat filming scenes i think there's about 10 10 girls on this boat and we're doing scenes with all of them me and manuel get on the boat and we both all these girls are sun tanning and naked and running around me and manuel are sat at the back of the boat and i just looked at him i went I don't feel too good. He goes, yeah, I've got a bit of seasickness as well. And we, we've got to go and have with all these girls. And I'm thinking, oh, no. And we had to do a DP. And I still remember, whoever was laid flat, it felt a lot better. Ah. And so we, in the stills, one was laid flat, one was standing up. But the person standing up, you, you're rocking like that, trying to do a scene. And it, it is horrible. And uh, we swapped in the pictures. But when it came to video... He didn't swap. So the whole scene, I'm just swaying back. I was like, as soon as I finished, I, I was like, I want to throw up so bad. Oh, it, was, it was horrible, but yeah. And then that's, that's like the funny side, but then there's been a few horror stories as well. Um, I remember, uh, I won't name names, but I worked yeah. with one lady. It was, I've worked with her a few times, and it was an anal thing. Yeah, she she pooped on me. I'm like, okay, it is what it is. Oh, dear Lord. Second time I worked with her, she pooped on me again. I'm like, I just have really bad luck with this lady. Third time I worked with her, she sat eating chips, peas and onion chips that stunk. She's telling me how she'd been out for an Indian meal the night before. And I'm having to stick it in her bum that day. And I put it in, I pulled it out, and I was like, that's disgusting. That is disgusting. And my nickname on set is Princess, and I literally pulled it out, and I just went, that's such and such, that's horrible. She goes, oh, it's your problem. I went, you know what? It's your shit. Have it back, and I just flicked it at her. I thought, no, I'm not dealing with that. Do you know what I mean? If you can't can't respect me and, you know, do do what you have to do, no, I ain't gonna sit there with shit on the dick. You can have your own shit back, and then right. just it, and then just walked off. Had a quick shower and jumped home. Three uh, three times though. Exactly. Yeah. Look, the first time give you the benefit of the doubt. Second time I'm like, okay, that's just unlucky. Third time when you're telling me, you know, it, it probably like you, right? Say you're having a fight. You're gonna prep for your fight, aren't you? You're gonna train. You're gonna whatever. Angel's no different. You've got to prep. You've got to clean. You've got to do, do Absolutely. stuff. So you're ready for action the next day. And, you know, nah, she was not. She, uh, she, yeah, she was lazy with it, shall we say. No that's, professional that's, courtesy. That's, that's yeah. kind of disgusting. That sucks. Oh, mate, there's, there's some right horror story. I've known girls that have left sponges. So when it goes on a period, they will, they will put a sponge upside to stop the bleeding so they can still continue to work. But you've got to take that sponge out straight afterwards. Because if you forget it, it cause like an infection up there. And some girl, I, I worked with one lady and she must have had it up there for maybe five, six days and she didn't realize. And yeah, let's put it this way down there. And it was like the ocean. <laughs> I'm ruining porn for everybody, aren't I? And everyone's going, what? It doesn't smell like roses all the time, Dana. Nah, yeah. right. Sure right. Oh, but you what was like your? What was your like? What was your most favorite scene? That that was it. Was it that time oh, when you're back it, in? It, eight, when you're Kendra Lost. Any anything? Look at this smooth tongue right there. I love it. I would probably say my favorite scene of all time is 
the first thing I ever directed because, like I said, I was always, I'm known for being a bit of a joker, a prankster, on and I used to actually say to the office, "Hey, let me let me direct, let me let me direct the scene." Like, no, Kieran, you messed around too much. I'm like, no, no, I promise. And one day I was like, you know what, stop it. I'm just going to prove them wrong. And so I set up um, a scene, and it, it was my own like little mini series. I said, but it was called Office Foreplay. So it was me in the office, and it was four four ladies, and that's how we called it Office Foreplay. And I remember it was Ava Adams. Francesca Lay, a lady called Vanilla Deville, and Veronica Avalon. Oh, Avila. Vanilla Deville, yeah. And that was my first ever scene. I paid for it out of my own pocket and I submitted it to the office. And I remember getting a call going, Kim, what's this? And I was like, oh, no, they hate it. And I went, this is, this is really good. And so I, I remember they, from the back of that, they let me direct more and more. And, and that was that. So yeah, that's I'll say that's probably my favourite thing because it, it stood out and it took me to a different level. It just elevated you, just like the walking into that car Pretty late much, at yeah, night yeah, and yeah. that, and then this one's the next one. That's the next level up. Yeah, taking chances. Taking yeah, and, chances. And what I love about you, Karen, is like you've evolved. You know, like as a performer, a director, you know, producing. Uh, you're multifaceted like you have multiple businesses going on you know you're successful um in your personal life as well as your family life or personal and professional in it you know yeah. and, and you're not one of the people i know a lot of the directors kind of get caught up in you know they're all angry at the only thing and, and you know they're still kind of stuck in the old weight of yeah adult adult film industry and you know you evolved you're, you're liquid and you're successful while you do it yeah i don't get i don't get a lot of the producers that you know are bitter towards only fans and things like that because if you think about it it's encouraging more performers into the industry so there's more performers in the industry there's a bigger talent pool and then people are going hey we want to shoot more production that's keeping them in a job Yes. And, you know, some of these producers, you know, they're, they're obviously camera guys as well. If they were clever, they could expand their business and offer their services to these girls. To, hey, listen, I'll shoot your, your OnlyFans content. And it's creating them more jobs instead of going, oh, yeah, yeah. Fuck, you know, fuck you, you just OnlyFans. Well, hang on a minute. These are the same producers yes. that didn't mind that they were making more money than the girls. Yes. You know what I mean? They didn't care. They were the girl that was... Let's say not ruining her life, but putting her life out there for the world to see for a, a nominal rate, where these guys are making more stuff behind the camera, pressing a red button with no risk. You know, they can move on, whatever. And so the, the, the bitterness and hatred towards people like that, I just laugh at it and go, you guys, just grumpy old men. And, you know, these, I can't say, they just embrace it a little bit more. And that's, I think, the beauty of me being a performer. I bring that to my set and go, hey, look, how would I like to be treated? Listen, do I want snacks? Do I want a Red Bull? Do I want water? Do I want this? Yeah, have it all there ready because that's what I used to want, you know. Yeah. I never say to, like I used to have, you know, directed back and say, right, we, you're going to do a, a full scene on a rock, standing positions all the time. I know as a performer, that's a hard day at the office and it's yeah. like, well, I'm not going to make it harder for a scene that's not going to be as good. But now it's like if I'm, if I'm shooting somebody, it's like, okay, what do you want to work on? Hey, let's do this. Let's let's make the scene easier so you have more fun. 
the team's better and people people enjoy it more and they have a better day on set and that's what I'm very particular as well with the crew that I have you know I don't want someone that's coming to work just hating life it's like come to set have a laugh have a joke and just be pleasant and that's it yeah just don't leave your phone open yeah, they don't leave your phone near me. I'm a nightmare. Absolute nightmare. I've got in trouble about that with one lady. She went absolutely ballistic. But... Oh, I think she was crazy already. Let's yeah, yeah, she was a bit naughty. If you leave your phone, I've got a tendency to grab your phone, go on Twitter and say, God, just shit myself. And it, every, I've done it to pretty much every girl. And uh, yeah, one girl, one girl was not impressed that I did it. And I did apologize to her and... You know, it is what it is. get over it. Yeah, it's right. a joke. Do you think? Do you think that being obviously, you know, being a, uh, you know, in the porn star industry and in or in the industry and dealing all these scenes, make you a lot? I don't want to say a lot. Make you a better director and yeah. a better host for all the other, you know, um, yeah. talent. Yeah, for sure. It, I, there was a director back in the day that used to shoot me called Christoph Clark. And his, uh, his thinking was the, the guy and the girl are king and queen on set. Make them feel as comfortable as possible and you will get the best day. And listen, let's say I, I painted set and I'm just talking down to her and going, hey, that looks like shit. Hey, you're not posing right. You're not doing this right. Hey, yeah, you, we don't have this on set, but you bring it yourself. She's not going to want to be there, is she? Why, yeah. why would you? It's no different if you, you're working in a retail store and let's say, okay, there's no AC or there's no, you know, nothing. You don't get break. You're not going to work as hard. You're not going to enjoy the job. You're not going to do it to your full potential. So I kind of go with that philosophy on set. Make it fun. Make it enjoyable. And people love it. You know what I mean? How do you, how do you ask somebody like – you know, obviously you have to get the right angle, the right scene, the right movement, the right connection and stuff. And then if you see something that's not working, you see something that's not uh, producing that, that visual yeah. that you want, how do you tell them that without kind of ruining that yeah. moment? I, I literally, I'll cut and go, hey, it doesn't really look right. It's not working for me. I'll just say, it's not you guys. It's just, I think I want this angle from it. And I put the blame on myself. I go, shit, I should have set up this. And I should have set it up differently. I should have set the light here. Sorry, guys. Can we just freeze a minute and come back to that? And that way, it's a kind of get. I'm telling my telling my, my truth here. Right? I heels of like, oh shit, I wasn't doing it right. But um, no, that way I put the blame on myself because what what can they? they the blame's on me. They don't feel bad. They're like, oh, he, he's fucked up. He's messed up here. Yeah, and then they'll, they'll walk away be like, God, oh, this fucking actor, this director. Yeah, director no, maybe repeat the same. Yeah, but if I go in and go, hang on, that looks like crap. You're not doing it. You look, it looks not a good position on you. Let's say, let's say for example, I'm shooting a girl in that reverse housing, and I don't notice maybe her scars were really bad or something like that. I don't want that art there on the internet for the girl to see, because you know people are vicious. You know, oh look at her scars, look at this, and you know. I'm like, no, it's, it's not a good look. Let's just move it, scrap that, scrap that clip and move it onto something that really accentuates her beauty instead of like focusing on the negative part of her. But I'm not going to say that to her, go, hey, look, this looks like crap because she's going to walk away from that set. And, you know, it's, 
it's mind games then because all of a sudden she could go back and go, have I really got bad, have I this? And, and it, it can trigger something. It, it's like even little things like I'll do when I'm performing, I offer the girl different colognes. Like, which cologne would you like me to wear? And yeah. people use the like, why do you do that? For me, it's a trigger. Listen, I could wear a cologne that a dad used to wear or an abusive boyfriend wore, and she's going to have sex with me. And all she's thinking in the back of her head is, fuck, you know, he smells like my dad. She's not going to enjoy it. Or a, I had a boyfriend that used to hit me about and he wore that cologne. It's a trigger, a mental trigger. So, you know, give, her the, give the girl an option and just make sure, like, you know, she feels, feels good and on top of the world. I feel as if you've broken a lot of hearts over the years. No, just by no, listening no. to your smooth talking no, with your just, hey, you know, which cologne do you want? Which shirt would you like me to wear? I'm, you're very smooth, Bob. No, it's just, I think it's just, I don't know. I'm a, I'm, I'm a mummy's boy that brought me up with manners to respect the lady. You know, that's like one of the first things that I've taught my little boy is respect a woman at all times. You know, he's got a little sister. If we, if we go to a restaurant and it's, you know, it's cold. Max, what do you have to do? And, you know, he has to give his, his shirt, his jacket to his sister to make sure she's warm. Open the door, let her in first. Like, it was his mum's birthday and I gave him a hundred bucks and I said, look, you're going out with mum today. You treat mum for lunch. You pay for lunch. And I'm very old school in that way, you know, that's how I was brought up is, look, a man, uh, you know, if times are changing, but I'm like, look, a man should get the bill uh, and things like that. And that's just how I'm brought I'm not saying it is right for everyone, but that's how I like it. You know, you, you put a, a lady on a pedestal. See, and that has scored him a lot. Yeah, well, my wife, listen, I'm punching so above my weight. My wife is an 11 out of 10. She's absolutely stunning. And it's just the smooth talking that got me there, I'm sure. It's just the smooth talking? She's like, oh, I like this cologne. Yeah, and yeah. She yeah. never forgot the cologne. She never yeah, forgot she, the cologne yeah. and she wanted to keep going. She buys you that same cologne, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. That's good. Now, now, she actually picked my cologne. Like, I really like that one. I'm like, yeah, go on, baby. Got it. There you and go. I, 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 to, true to the truth, I have one cologne that I'll only wear for my wife. Oh, oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what cologne is that? Creed Invention. That's the only one that she, that's her cologne. And I won't wear it on snap. That's just mine and her little thing. So I smell different. Ah, oh, that's good. That's little, little things like that people don't think. Do you know what I mean? It's like, hey, that counts though. I think that counts. That's brownie points. So you yeah. know, that's so. interesting. I kind of do the same thing. I have one that he likes that I wear. Yep, and I wear anything that he doesn't like on set. Like it's that's it. it that's like I said. It, we have so separate lives, set life and home life are completely different. Like I got lit up years ago, like I did an interview for a newspaper. On set, you, you know, people think Kieran Lee's a stud, he can, he can have sex for hours. We've seen it. I'm, I go home with my wife and I two-pump pump it. I'm like, I'm like, oh, babe, this is fantastic. And I, I did that in an interview and the headline was, porn superstar is a flop in bed. And it, it's, it's not that, it's just I have such a connection with my wife. She knows all the buttons to press. Listen, I'm, I'm human at, at the end of the day. If something feels good, I can't hold back. But, and she knows them buttons to press. So, yeah, on set. I love that headline. Oh, it's absolutely ridiculous. I was like, oh, and it went everywhere. And I'm getting it sent. I'm thinking, 
I'm really good. I'm really, really good in bed. I'm, I promise you, you know, look, he's out there for the internet, but yeah, I'm not pathetic. <laughs> Man, headlines. That's all clickbait. I just got, oh. I just got attacked recently on clickbait and it's hilarious. Like, People don't ever look. They don't. They just look at the headlines and they're like, "Oh, that's one hundred percent true." This person sucks or this. Like, yeah. but it's like when you click on the deal, it's like that's not at all what this talks about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that sucks. So, Kieran, we've kind of talked about where you started, um, your transition in your career. I guess the next question is, what are your plans for the future? Retire back to England. I miss England so much, and you know that is my goal. Like I said earlier, I'm, I'm a huge Bournemouth boy, and you know I'm thousands of miles away from home. Um, LA really isn't a place to bring up children, I think, um, and so I want to get back. and I have such a strong core group of friends back home, and my family. So I want to get back there. You know. Continue working in adult. I still really want, I enjoy working in adult. And like I said, it, it's created other opportunities that are away from adult uh, that I want to explore. But I'll still keep my toe in there and as long as I can at the moment. Because like I said, it, it's very profitable. You know, why are you going to turn from, turn away from something that's so profitable then and providing you a nice, nice lifestyle for your family and, and things like that? You can do nice things like fly your friends in to come and visit and and things like that. So while the money's still there, you know, I'm not going to turn my back on the industry. Not not one bit. Um, but I, I will explore other things that, you know, might treat my fancy. But like I said, the ultimate goal, back home, make sure I'm there for me mom. And, and that's it. Oh, I love it. Um, well, I feel dude, like... that was run it, Julian. That was three months there. I like that. I yeah. like that, bro. You got this down. I okay. feel like... Um, we need to, well, we're going to have to do a part two because there's still, I, I want to take 10 questions and I know there's a lot that I still want you to talk about. But we are going to call it a wrap for today. Yeah. Please tell everyone. I have, before we, before we cut him off, before we come off and get him on his Instagram and everything, I have a question for you, Kendra. Because I'm 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 sitting here and it just dawned upon me when you started talking about the UK and everything I was like oh shit we've talked about him on this podcast before yeah. and that's where we have the snippet of that lady saying she tuned in the Beauty and the Beast podcast and she was talking hearing about butt fucking and all that is that which one was it what he. This was him we talked about. He's the only, like, when I think of United Kingdom, like, UK performers, like, he's it. Like, when I think of, like, top five males, he's it. So, I don't know. I think there's Danny D as well. He's another English guy. That's yeah, really but I've never worked with him. I don't know no. him, and he's not you. We yeah. spoke We spoke about it because she called you the king. She called you a king. And I was like, man, why do I know this person? She was a UK king. And then you said that you would be on set with him, and that it would be just like wild it'd be a crazy set he would steal your phone yeah. and it's now dawning upon me yeah. <laughs> and the lady that was a, that was the one where we were talking about um we were talking about anal and the anal prep and that old lady oh, got on the yeah. old lady this old lady got on we weren't even talking about usually we kendra was talking about how she has oh. a prep for it and the lady got on <laughs> It just like she sent a video to us and it's pretty much said she was like, oh, I think she's going to talk and have an interview of my friend and everything was good. And next thing you know, I get on there and it's about yeah. you know, prepping and 
I was like, oh, yeah, wow. Stuff. You yeah. never know what's going to pop up or pop out. That, yeah, now, I, now I'm putting two to two together. I'm putting it all yeah. together. You're the king of UK. Uh, you wear the crown. Yeah. Sure. I mean, not just UK, like there, and then he came over here. I was the only conquer America, shall we say, apart from the Beatles. That's true. <laughs> okay, well, Karen, please tell everyone where they can um, find you, your links, anything you want to let us know. Uh, just, just find us on Instagram and see my little crazy snippets of my life. Apart from that, that's it. I'm easy. You'll find oh, me. Is yeah, it gonna... is Sir Karen? Sir Karen Lee? Yeah, Sir Karen Lee, I think. I'm actually a lord. That was the best thing. I'm actually a lord. You're a lord. You have, you own a piece of land in the UK then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm the hardest person to buy for. Um, and my wife did it at Christmas. She bought me a bit of land and gave me the title of lord. So I should change it to like Lord Karen Lee. I lord love Karen. it. I think I'm going to buy a piece of land now it, just mate, so I can be a lord. Lord Julian Marcus. It would be a cracking cracking name for you, mate. <laughs> Let's go. I'm with it. Awesome. <laughs> Well, All right, then, guys. well, thank you for having me. Thank you. Hey, for, thanks for uh, being on, man. I appreciate you opening up. It's awesome. Family. You too. Take care, guys. Have a great day. Bye bye.